everybody, you're listening to Raw with Marty Gallagher, J.P. Bryce, and Jim Steele, brought to you by Iron Company. Today we're discussing online coaching. Marty and Jim get a lot of online coaching inquiries and many questions about how it works. Um, so I thought it'd be cool to go through and kind of talk about how the whole thing works, how it's structured, um, so that way you can decide if this might be something that... Uh, that fits your your needs and budget and um, and fitness goals. Uh, but first, you know, the guys just had a seminar. It was uh, it was a squat and deadlift seminar down in Maryland, and they had uh, so it was Marty, it was Jim Steele, it was Kurt Kowalski, and I wanted to kind of see how uh, the guys did over there and and uh, see how the seminar went and how many people showed up and all that good stuff. So. Give us a little insight there, Marty. Well, I was actually going to let Jim take it away. Jimmy, take oh, it away, man. Ahead, man. I thought it was it was wonderful. It was down at Mike Kripke's place, uh, CrossFit Concepts. We had a good turnout, and it, it was sort of like just enough so we could all still watch everybody individually as we do the lifts. Um, those are the most rewarding things we do, I think, when yeah. we've got people, you know, and, and you know, I know JP asked me before what, t- what type of people. There was guys and girls there. Some of them were like, you know, I haven't lifted in 10, 15 years. I'm trying to get back into it, but my form doesn't feel, you know, where it should be. We had some personal trainers who were, you know, one of the guys was really cool. He was just like, man, if I can just use your, your cues that you guys have, you know. Yeah. Uh, we had some elite guys, too. Zach was there. Yep, Zach Evanish came down from New Jersey. Zach, you know, did the whole seminar as far as participating in it. He wanted us to critique his form and stuff. He, uh, I thought that was great that he did that, man, because you know he knows a lot, and uh, it's it's was just showing that he, you're never too too old, you know what I mean, to learn something new. He's still learning. Yeah, it's, it's as great. we all are, you know, still yeah. learn all the time. It's Every great trip technique. Is- it's great technique and tactic validation, right? Yeah. And we drill the hell out of these techniques, buddy. <laughs> right, Jim? Yeah. It's just so funny. You know, I always tell the story. I interviewed a guy for an assistant job one time when I was at, at Penn. And I said, well, all right, let's walk downstairs and teach me how to squat. Yeah. And he said, what's the big deal? You just put your the bar on your back and squat down. Sure. And then I, I compare that to us spending three hours <laughs> on, on the squat with Kirk taking you know 20 to 30 minutes just on the setup but that's how intricate we get with all this stuff and and of course that's how important we think all that is also but but talk about well 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 our techniques were were honed in pursuit of world records yeah that's where this comes from this whole thing is a school i mean i picture like a lineage yeah we we're like it's like a martial arts school. We're just the inheritors. This thing's been around for seventy years in one form or another. We can date this thing back to Norbert Skamansky. You know, he really was sort of the the genesis of this minimalistic primal school. And he was a two time Olympic champion. Uh, One ninety eight. Uh, started in 1936. Career went uh, born in 36. His career went up into the mid 60s. He taught a guy named Glenn Middleton. Nor was from Detroit. Glenn Middleton was a Bechtel engineer who was stationed in Detroit. He learned from Skamansky this. Um, Glenn taught it to Hugh Cassidy. Ah. 
Okay. And then Hugh took it and did his own modifications on it because he wasn't an Olympic lifter. He was a power lifter. Right. And Norbert was an Olympic lifter, but he took the, the core fundamental techniques and transferred it into powerlifting. And then uh, Mark Dimidup, IPF world champion, Mark Chalet, IPF world champion, Marty Gallagher, IPF world masters champion, Kirk Kowalski, which we're the inheritors of that system. Right. And it's a minimal thing. It's a minimalistic thing. And in the squat, we showed them five variations. Each one builds on its predecessor, lays the groundwork for its successor. Right. We start with what, Jimmy, the goblet squat. Goblet. Yeah, well, first we did a freehand squat. Freehand, right, 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 which actually, in a lot of ways, is more difficult than the goblet. Yeah, I always get down better with bar with a bar. Yes. Yeah, that that little bit of counterweight up front just makes it all fall together, doesn't it? Yeah. And from once they master that goblet squat, and we also let them do it with a sideways dumbbell or... Back in Cassidy's day, what we would do is we'd grab a 100-pound plate and pull it to your chest. Yeah. Do your, what you call them, goblet squats. They were plate squats is what we right. called them back then. Right. And it, it still works. Grab a 45 and rep out with it. You know what I mean? Going all the way down. I have uh, baseball players hold it over their head while they squat. Oh, no. well, see, now that that would be the limiting factor right? well the balance factor oh yeah jim always likes to live dangerously so after the goblet we transition to we got to transition tools because now we got to go from the dumbbell the plate the kettlebell to a barbell right to the front squat it's the closest transition each step of the way we're retaining the core technique right we established the core technique in the no way reinforce it with a goblet. Now we go to the front squat. You know, I think 80% of the world doesn't need to go past the front squat. And I think 70% of the world doesn't need to go past the the goblet. Yeah. You know, uh, if you're just talking about uh, results for normal people, right? For normal humans, normal civilians, right? Uh, Because I tell you, man, there was a period where... I couldn't do any back squats for various reasons, but 80 pounds in the goblet all the way down was kicking my ass for sets of eight. Yeah. Right. I mean, I was shaking. I was shaking on the, there was no way I was completing a ninth. Plus you got to hold the, hold the weight up too. So it's working. Uh, I found the dumbbell was a hell of a lot easier than the kettlebell. The kettlebell is a weird thing in the wrists, right? So, but I like the dumbbell underneath. Also, I could get it in tighter. How much? Let me ask you. How much are you? Well, let me guys... just finish that. Let me just finish that. Okay, then I, I want to ask more. you something. Yeah, right, that's good. You just. Clean I got questions, there. We'll, get, we'll get to you. We'll get to you. It's quick. So then, after the front squat, you have to go to the back squat. But what is the closest point between the two? Is the high bar. Right. So you go from the front to the high bar back. People are so much more comfortable with the high bar than the low bar, man. Well, I think the low bar is such a specialized thing. I, you know, and air, all the athletes want to jump in at low bar, which is yeah. a total mistake because it's just an invitation to bend forward. No, mm-hmm. I agree. Right? No, that's exactly what we talk about. We don't want to do the shoulders never get in front of the knees in the squat. If your shoulders get in front of the knees, man, you're in a world of hurt because you got to put that thing back in position. 
and you turn your spinal column into a derrick, yeah. into a crane. Our style, we stay nice and upright, all the vertebrae stay, never have any back problems, never have any spine problems. In fact, our shit gets stronger as a result of this style. The final step is the low bar back squat. Now, that's only two to three inches lower, but, man, that's a world of difference. Cassidy used to say every inch you move the bar closer to the hips, you pick up 40 pounds. I agree. So if you're able to lower it three inches, you should have 100 to 120 pound difference. Yeah. In capacity. Now that's for a big guy. That's for a 300 pound guy with an 800 pound squat. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, I don't know, uh, 20 pounds per inch for a 200 pound guy. But still, three inches, 60 pounds. That's a hell of a difference, man. Sure is. Just right? just by putting that bar down a couple inches. But the question is, does the technique degrade? If the technique, if you have like five different techniques, then you've learned nothing. You want five techniques all the same. I don't fear the man who knows 10,000 kicks. I know the man who practices 10,000 kicks one time. The same kick 10,000 times, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. you do it one time. You do 10,000 kicks one time. Right. right. I'm sorry, one kick. One kick. One kick. One (laughs) kick 10,000 times is better than the guy who's a master of all these different 10,000 different Didn't kids. Bruce yeah. Lee say that? Yeah, Lee said that. He, he probably did. He, he said everything. He, 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 he stole it. He stole everything. He just straight Bruce ripped is. off some Christian Murdy stuff. Uh, so listen, before I, I'm, I know I'm holding the floor, but I want to get a couple things off my mind on this seminar thing because uh, spin on my mind. Uh, Jim, I think the thing that the normal people got out of it most is they get this idea that elite methodology was used for regular folks. Yeah, yeah. And then we explained, you know, until you're ready to go to this next step, you're going to stay with the goblet, you know, until you're more comfortable. And, uh, you know, it's just, we're, we're just, it's just a personable thing, too, we are with these with the people, too. So I think it's, uh, you know, nobody has to come in. You know, there's not like a a jerk you know what i mean like there's there's we don't nobody acts like they know everything we're always just we just want to help people man we just want to see them do the stuff that we've done to reach those big weights in their everyday lives we're just sharing our system but but yeah that's all we're doing we're sharing our system whether you take it or not we don't really care but we're here to share it with you yeah what what i think is interesting about this i I want you to talk, and this uh, this bleeds into the online coaching that we're going to talk about too. But talk about why you combine the squat with the deadlift. Tell tell us about how they yeah. the two intertwine. Well, our first we have five variations of all we have. What we have what we call the core four, which is the squat, the bench press, the deadlift, the overhead press. If there was a fifth, it would be power clean, and the sixth would be arms, right? Those are basically all we do. Uh, well, all me and Kirk do. Jimmy does a lot of stuff. <laughs> Jimmy's a body. He does everything. Yes. And you, and you, JP. Me. Jimmy and you. Yeah, you do a lot of different exercises, right? Yeah. You, don't body know me. you don't know what I do. No, well, well, I'm asking. You're not there. Yeah, well, what do you do, JP? You're all the way on the other side of the country. What do I what do? You? Yeah. 
For, are you a minim? Are you a minimalist, or do you do hit a lot of different do more of a Yates thing? No, yeah, we've talked about it before. I love yeah, so yeah, it's a one the Yates. I'm just spaced out while you were talking. Go ahead. Who I, knows what we're doing? I'm all about the minimalistic Yates, you know, which he got from from Mentor and and all that. The, you know, you work up to like one set on uh, on bench, and then you work up to one set, like, say, on an incline, and then one set on, like, a uh, a fly or a pec deck or something, and basically that's about it for chest. But you're doing, but, but you are doing four extras, four different exercises for a body part. Three or four, 102% okay, maximal okay, effort. Yeah, huh? right. Yeah. Yeah. But his philosophy is the same as far as... Well, he's not doing set, multiple, he's not, he's not, and he's also not doing multiple sets Right, he's doing one set all out. You one set all Yates. out, move on to the next one. New Yates movie coming out uh, November 15th. I saw that. It's goes um, back to Birmingham and goes back to Temple Gym. and Goes back to the blood and guts. I can't wait. I can't wait. Well. I'm on the podcast, Marty. <laughs> yeah, I should. I was going to hit him up for something. What was it? I saw him doing something. I said, yeah, I should. But, but, but Give wait a minute! Ring. You didn't you didn't answer. Talk more about the the oh, intertwining the of the squat yeah, 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 yeah. and deadlift. Well, Why do again, you do that? Of, of, of the core four, in each of the core four, we have five sequential variations. In the deadlift, our first variant is get a strong ass squat. That's variation one. All the variations, all our deadlift is built on strong legs. Okay. That's the, the core of our deadlift technique because we break the bar from the floor, whether it's sumo or conventional, with leg power. From the floor to yeah. the knee is leg. At, we keep the hip hinge in reserve, so we fire it off. When the bar hits the sticking point at the knee, bam, now we got that thing in reserve. Kick it in. Once it passes over the knees, we actually pull it up and back, right, because we're we're, we're, we're just kind of bow and arrow and into the thing. So our first, uh, the most important thing to having a good deadlift is having strong legs. So you, so really get a good squat. And M Mark Chalet used to say, Mark was a world record holder deadlift. Oh, he held a world record many times. Uh, best was 880 weighing 265. Right. I mean, he was a, he was a moose on wheels, buddy. Uh, but Mark used to say, hey, you want a bigger deadlift? Push your squat up. Yeah, because right. you guys are starting from so low. You guys are getting so far down there, deep, yeah. when, when you guys are starting out. And you don't start out fast. In fact, when we were in Virginia Beach, I made a comment. I think Gillingham was, was uh, showing the deadlift. But I mentioned how you guys just start out it's 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 almost like a you know how a turbo has a turbo lag before it really you know yeah, you can mash slack. it to the floor and it just yeah. starts going kind of slow and then it picks up that's how your deadlift is and i made a comment about that and you said you don't hit the gas just all of a sudden you ease into it and then just how contraire cbu play no that's what yes you... no listen here it's it, it here's a better analogy okay Saturn for rocket. They have the whole. They have the hold down clamps. They have three, they have three giant hold down clamps. At so you're the, talking at, about at, the tension. And, yeah, and so exactly. Chile, what yeah. Chile would say is, Chile said, "Oh, before I launch, I put 150 to 200 pounds of upward pressure on a bar." Now that's for an 800 pound guy. Yeah. So he's applying what 25 percent upward pressure, and then he launches. 
right? He doesn't go from zero to 110. He goes zero to 40. Bam, now hit it. Right. You could see the bar start to bend. Yes, because he's he's putting 200 pounds of upward pull on that. That's not nothing. But you know what? I see a lot of guys just running up to the bar, literally running up to the bar and not even not even squaring up your hands and just blasting it off the you know, thing. I, I, when I teach that deadlift, man, a sumo, I, I talk about taking that tension, putting that tension on that bar. That's a huge part of the deadlift. I mean, yeah. you know, everything else is important too, but I mean, that's just as important because that, the easiest that, way to get out of position is to not take the slack out. Then your ass comes up first, your knees lock out too early. Yeah. You got to take the slack and wedge yourself in there and get and, that pressure on your heels. And you're either strong enough to break it from the floor or you're not. Yeah, and that's why we teach a squat first, man. Yes. You need those. And that's why they're inexorably linked. They t- with the high the guys you start with the high hip position, they're compensating for weak legs. Yeah. They have to start higher. Their legs are not strong enough to break it from the floor, so to compensate, they set the hips higher. Well, the devil's bargain in that is they have to launch the hip hinge to break it from the floor. Well, they got nothing in reserve. Reserve. All right. All right. So, so, so as you can imagine, you guys are – Coach, you're having this uh, seminar. It's, oh, it's yeah, one-on-one. On one. It's in person. So it becomes a little bit more of a, a challenge to do it online. But you guys have all this figured out. You've been doing it for years. We have electronics now. We have the internet to make these kind of things a lot more easier, a lot, a lot more doable. So, first of all, I mean, talk about the electronics and what do you guys have these these guys take video of their all their all out top set and send it to you? Do you do uh, FaceTime? How do you guys do it, Marty? Oh, okay. Uh... Well, typically, first thing, uh, I want to make sure that I only work with people who are motivated. That's real important. <clears throat> the The level that they're at doesn't matter as much. What matters to me is, are they motivated and do they have the situation? Right? There's a lot of people who want to transform, which is really what we do. It's radical physical transformation. Strength is a part of it. Uh, we use strength to, you know, as a big part of it, the biggest part actually, to maneuver them into better and better physique and performance. But uh, once we have the right candidate, then it's like, all right, so so how do we work this? Well, initially we work out a game plan, a periodized game plan. I like to work in 12, 12 week chunks, three, four week mini cycles tucked inside the macro cycle. Right. So that's a 12 week commitment on the part of the client. So number one, we've got a motivated client who has a good situation. Number two, we both mutually commit to a 12 week program. So we find out, okay, well, where where are you at now? And where do you want to get to? Right. Now, first off, are the two is are they in sync with reality? You know, I'm you know, if the guy's too extreme, oh, yeah, I want to bench 250 and I want to bench 400, right? It's like, okay, well, uh, that's I don't it's know, take more than 12 uh, weeks, <laughs> well, 12 years. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, so again, it's called so, job security, Marty. So, again, we, we agree on a game plan in writing, see, because I can, uh, 
work up a, a 12 week period periodized chart like you know uh, other people write an email nothing right so we figure out where they're at and where they want to get to we usually start them about 10 percent below capacity and we want to end two to five percent above capacity sound good jim it sounds like they're making gains. Yeah, and again, well, we you know they start them out below and uh, let them kind of get a break-in period, and we really stress the techniques and yeah. get the reps up, right? And then we get into the mid-range, which we love the five and the middle four. We love the five. The five is the best combination between the eights and the threes and the twos and the ones. And then the final four weeks, we peak with super low reps i like three two one one bang you know i mean it's a single thing let's practice a couple singles yeah. so that's how we set up the the periodized strength training program i usually everybody wants to hook in a weight manipulation with it most people want to lose fat right they want to lose weight so it's like okay if uh I don't know, we take a 200-pound guy, and in 12 weeks, he's got a class reunion, and say, all right, well, you know, what's realistic? Okay, well, you know, 200 pounds. I think I can get you down to 185 if you, you know, if you do what we lay out. And so that's 15 pounds. Over 12 weeks, he's got to lose, well, let's say he loses a pound a week. First four weeks are going to be pretty easy. Just clean up his eating uh, you know, straighten up his uh, nutrition, get him doing cardio, right? Mm-hmm. Second four weeks, uh, you develop momentum. He's seeing gains. He's seeing change. You know, in third four weeks, it's uh, ego and pushing over the finish line and, and training harder and being stricter and, you know, doing further and more. And, you know, and at the end of it, they pop out in the other end and they're like, damn, okay. And it's... Uh, each week, I they email me what's happened. Each week, they send me a video of their top sets in the core four, the squat, the bench press, the deadlift, the overhead press. Since we only do those four lifts one time a week because we're minimalist, there are only four top sets to see. So they send them to me, and I can look at them all in a row, and they call me. So I have the written email oh, uh, on, uh, you know, this day I uh, squatted uh, 170 for eight, you know, whatever, and, you know, and I biked, uh, you know, for whatever, 27 minutes, and, uh, you know, whatever, uh, written out. Then I have the visual. And I instruct them where to set the phone camera. Uh, for the squat, I like three-quarter view front, with the phone set on a bench or a chair at knee height. Perfect for judging depth. Right? You boys with me? I'm not putting you to sleep? No, we're we're learning. (laughs) (laughs) I might start doing this. On the the bench, uh, you know, if you have somebody there, if they can look from three-quarter down, that's ideal. Uh, the deadlift, uh, three-quarter, again, uh, that way you can see what's going on. You don't want to be in front in any of the lifts in t- terms of your camera angle. You won't catch the biomechanics. You know, where are the knees in relation to the ankles? Where are the hips in relation to the knees? Where are the shoulders in relation to the hips? You know, where is the head? You know what I mean? You don't see that with with a head-on view. Okay. Right. So three-quarter angle. Uh, 
So I look at this and I plot the next move. Yes, we have our periodized chart of what we're going to do. And in all likelihood, that's what we're going to do. Usually, I don't know, 10 pound bump in the squat in the dead, five pound bump in the bench and the overhead press. Well, over 10 weeks, 10 pound bump is a hundred pound increase over 10 weeks. Five pound bump is a 50 pound increase. Yeah. That's solid. That ain't, that ain't nothing for a, a guy with a 170 pound bench press, <laughs> right? You know, they, who I'm working with a, a normal human, a regular guy. I'm not talking about an elite yeah. athlete. I'm not especially, right. especially I work for with beginners. Elite, I, work, I, mean, I work with super elite guys too, but with a normal guy, I'm just saying this is the, the way we work. So yeah, people it, would uh, give their left arm for that much, you know, in 10 weeks, you know what I mean? Well, and, and I hold them accountable. Uh, yeah. We try to do it so that everything happens on Friday. I want them to weigh one day a week. They know if they weigh 179 and it's Tuesday and they're going to, we're going to talk on Friday and they weigh 181, that they better tighten their shit up in the, over the last three or four days. And they always make it because they know I'm on the other end and I'm expecting it. You know. Now, now are yeah. you having them do body measurements too, like their arms and their legs? And I, like, I don't know. I, I don't think so. I, you know, body weight is enough because if their lifts are going up, if they're in, and and also we quantify cardio. I want them to do some kind of cardio. Their choice. I don't care what. But I want I want to know. I love to know the heart rate. The heart rate allows me to assess aerobic intensity. How hard is the heart working in relation to the work that you're doing? So if you're at the batting cage and your heart rate for the 45 minutes is 105 average, you know, that don't really get it. Uh, go play racquetball where your 40-minute average is 145. Well, and you right. talk about how important. And again, you don't know that. If you, don't, if you aren't wearing a heart rate monitor, yeah. you don't know. You don't know what's going on. You think you know, but you don't. Well, anyway, we like that because then we can, now I can periodize, I can periodize this strength training, the four lifts done one time a week. Plus, we like to do arms, right? If we have time, we do arms. Arms is like dessert, <laughs> right? Uh, squat, bench, deadlift, overhead press, that's meat and potatoes, Eat your meat and potatoes. If you have room left over, you can have dessert. If you have time, right? Great. But, yeah. you, but you're not really coaching them so much on accessory movements, are yeah, you? I think, they're like, they're not, they're I think Jim does I more of that. Their, no, I answer all their questions. So let me just finish, and then I'll turn it over to Jimmy. <laughs> you know, so. Jim's, a, Jim's a bodybuilder, you know. <laughs> Nothing wrong oh, with that. No, I, no, I, no. I, you I dabble that. in it yeah, myself. You bet, yeah, yeah. Is that yeah, like but, derogatory? Or? No, no, no. I know. I, that's I, what I was hearing, I participate. I, I really heard from derision. I love that stuff. Uh, okay, but, I'll keep an eye on that. But I think I think Jim's more of a believer in the accessories. Maybe, maybe not. Now, Marty's programs are, you know, it's just time efficient. So if he, that's why I have, I have a lot of busy business people, yeah. and families, yeah, and their yeah. their damn jobs. They have to work fifty, sixty hours a week, and they're always have to be available. And they have a, a beautiful wife and two kids, and they're doing good, but. Time is their most precious commodity. Yeah. How do you fit it in? Why mess really, with accessory work? I really like early morning training. Yeah, me too. Early, early morning. Just Fasted? Get, up. get up before the world gets up and do your <laughs> now, thing. Now, man. wait a minute. Question for you, real quick. Now, I know you're a believer, both of you guys, in fasted cardio first thing in the morning. Do you do fasted weightlifting? 
I'm like, that's okay with me. It's not bothering me. Yeah, you ain't going to drop over dead. Man, I couldn't do that. I get hypoglycemia in the morning. Well, if you, you know, I mean. You <laughs> have, could have a stretcher ready. A stretcher. Or Might some pillows. How about some pillows? That's probably because you eat too many carbs. No, I don't you. eat too many carbs. I've we can wrap you in bubble wrap. That's strange. We could, we could wrap him in bubble wrap. You could just take like a little bit of like a, like a, way, a way shake with a look with a <laughs> It made my shirt fit tighter, huh? JP, JP. Huh? You could take a whey shake with a little carbohydrate powder in there. Yeah. Your workout. And then that would, you know, you'd burn that off. I don't know, Jim. It doesn't sound like enough to me. I don't know, Jim. I don't know, Jimmy. No, I know what you're saying. No, that'd be fine. Maybe even like a banana or something. Oh, yeah. Why not? It's something, I mean, but you know, that shake will digest it basically. So it'll <laughs> wait. What do you say? Like some cake, maybe some True. cake. There's protein in cake. <laughs> there can what be. Chile, yeah. What did Chile used to say? This is the best beer is good for recovery. Oh, yeah. my god, I yeah. love that. I want to put that on a car bumper sticker. Beer <laughs> is good for recovery. I was training one of the special forces guys one time, and uh. <laughs> it's got done with it's got done with the workout so i went up to my office and got a couple beers out and i and it was like 10 in the morning <laughs> he looks at me and i was like what man vikings used to do it after their workouts he was like yeah, that's true isn't it and i was like yeah i said you ain't got to be a viking bro you can just you know be yourself today i'll be a viking you be so he was like give me that fucking beer. oops give me my life. give me that damn beer <laughs> Oh great! Now so we're going to be in a different category for this so podcast. The word mature category. Just go back and bleep it. Explicit. Just go back and bleep anyway. it. Man. Come on, don't yeah. be like in the Stone Age. Well, I think once. So, you- all right, what are we talking about here? Now we're talking about personal training, right? That, that's that's what we do. Yeah, but your face. And- you, do a, you do a call with them too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the call they know that we're going to talk by phone. Like after I finish with you guys, I've got a guy in Europe. At three, and I've got a guy in LA at four. And the guy in Europe is actually a uh, professional badminton player. I don't even know there was such a thing. With a couple of kids and a beautiful wife, and they live in you know Bavaria, and you know things are good. And yeah. the guy in, in Los Angeles is uh, he's doing good too. He works for the, the some sort of something to do with museums jets around the world and you know and uh we just you know and we get them stronger and leaner with the minimum amount amount of time and for them it's worth it because they get tangible gains if you wanted to lose 15 pounds and you've lost 15 pounds then you're like yeah man (laughs) now and and we're not we're they're eating steak and drinking beer Okay, uh, guys. Let me oh, ask you a question. This is not Nazi nutrition. This isn't steamed chicken breast and broccoli and white rice. There, there's going to be a lot of people going. Well, you know, I don't know if I have the right amount of, of equipment or the right type of equipment. I mean, they could do this from home with minimal equipment. Maybe most, most of my my squat rack. Are, yeah, most of my clients lifting. Yeah. Garages or uh, basements. Most of my clients. But what do most of them have, Jim? Time to go to the big old to well, gold. Thirty so what, minutes. 
So for, from the both of you, what, what kind of equipment must you have? What are the what are the must-haves? I would say, you know, squat rack. Power rack is is something that's an investment you can you can make and it'll last you forever. You can hand it down to your kids you and their kids. On it. Yeah. You know, power rack would be number one, but at least you gotta have a squat rack. Now you can press squat, front squat, and all that. And a bench, uh, you know, bench press setup and some dumbbells. I've had tons of people do it without dumbbells, but uh, and if you're missing I, any one of those components, wh- where do you get that stuff at? Oh, are you trying to get us to plug ironcompany.com <laughs> <laughs> for all your flooring and gym needs? <laughs> for all your gym and flooring needs, visit ironcompany.com. Yeah, there hey. you go. So they can get it from there. Hey now, uh, hey now. But uh, you know, yeah, the minimal equipment. You you can get strong, man lifting flywheels you know you can get strong doing a lot of stuff and that the good a lot of the times you get the clients who have been out of it a while and so anything they do mm-hmm. they're gonna make gains any any change in diet if you just say i mean i'll have people that are just habitually binge people and I, if i you know so i take stop. them hey, so here we go stop eating pizza right and i'll well, well, <laughs> i just want you to do a stop drinking sodas a cut off at seven o'clock PM tonight. That's it. That's it. You don't have to worry about what you're eating. Just cut it off at seven tonight. Because no, you, no, you, no, you don't need any breakfast. Okay. Wait. You really fucking don't. Excuse me. You really do not. <laughs> bleep, bleep that. I can't. I'm sorry. I, Marty, I don't know have a bleeper. It, Marty, he doesn't know how to go back and bleep it. Oh my God. I don't, we, we don't have the money for that. We don't have the bleep machine. <laughs> Larry Sanders would. Yeah, Larry Sanders would have that. You want to know what I do? Yes. <laughs> so I get people to email me with their, just like Marty, with their goals, uh, you know, with their aspirations. I just have them brainstorm, man. They send me pages of the stuff. <laughs> but no, in a good way, in a good way, in a good way. Because I tell them, I, the more information you give me, the more I can individualize your program. Um so what they do is I, I write them their initial program with, um, based on what they sent me. And then each week they give me updates and videos during the week. Yeah. I give them feedback and, and then I write them a new program the next for the next week. And that's yeah, how it goes. Based on what you see. Yeah. Based on what I see. Based, I mean, and, and they're writing. I'll take them backwards if I have to. If it looks like shit, if it looks bad, it's like yeah. we're going to go back. Okay? Yeah. And retrench. This seems very easy to adhere to. I mean, I think maybe some people are thinking it's intimidating because of who you guys have trained and, you know, what you guys have done and, and all that stuff. But, you know, listen to the training. It's minimalistic. The amount of equipment, if you don't do it at a gym, if you have to do it at home and in, in your garage gym or, or whatever basement, it's minimalistic equipment. It's all very minimalistic. And these guys work with you. And, you know, dial the program in according to what you're capable of, what your goals are, you know, all that stuff. So it's, I mean, how hard is it for, right? Am I right? I mean, people come in and they go, okay, I want to sign up. Let's do it. You talk it out. And people adhere to it, right? Depends who they are, man. But they got to be motivated, like you said. Everybody's story is different. Everybody's coming from a different place in life. You got some people that are you know, deployed in Africa and you got other people that can, can't get in the house with a bag of groceries. Right. But each, and, and you know, what's funny, those people that the bag of groceries, people, 
when they see or fe- when they feel for the first time that strength, yep. they're hooked forever. Yep. Forever, man, because it makes it changes their lives in That's a short right. period of time. Because now they can motivate their bulk. They're strong, even though they still are heavy and overweight, they have the strength to move their bulk around, whereas before they were weak. And it was moving them around. <laughs> they couldn't move mm-hmm. it. They just didn't have the strength to move it. It was just too much for them. Every step was like, God almighty, this is heavy. Yeah. Right. Do you, do you so, guys work with... Strength, it comes up, strength comes up quick. Yeah. Do, let me ask you, do you guys work with many, like, really, like, morbidly obese people? No, oh, come on. No. no, I haven't worked with any more. No, no, you haven't? No, I'm not. No, I'm sorry. I had a guy who was like 380. We got him down to like 245, something like oh, that. Oh, my God. He should okay. send you money every year. Yeah, I never hear from him. Uh, isn't that horrible? Yeah. So what, you took him through a 12-week? Uh, I was, I was, <laughs> I'll take him a little longer than that, baby. That was two years, which is still pretty good. Two years, two years is pretty dead. That's great. Yeah, I got him walking. He, you know what I did? Just start walking. He was so out of shape the first yes, time. Just start marched, walking. Just marched walk, in baby. place. He marched in place. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that you way, just got to start somewhere. That's great. Right? That's he was great. dying, dude. He was dying. I was like, yep. defibrillator. <laughs> hey, Jim. But eventually, you, he was walking, you know, hour at a time. Yeah. Yep. Do you remember what he did for a living? Yes, he owned a drive-in liquor store. Yes. Yeah. Sit in the okay. School. You know, it's it's so amazing that um, you know when how fitness changes people's lives. You know, we're yeah. talking with a bunch of people now that uh, are are handicapped or were in a dark place in their life or uh, you know suffered from illness and you know they got the fitness bug and man, it just changed everything. Yeah. Oh, I know. Well, depression especially. Go go work so, out. Yeah. So, so I mean, so this is depends on whether you get good or bad advice, right? So I mean, this is all about making ourselves, you know, more muscular, leaner, stronger. But just think about all the areas in your life, the other areas in your life that it improves. Whether you know, maybe you're an athlete, maybe you're a business yeah. owner, maybe you're a parent. Um, you know, it just has so many benefits. So it's it's not just for the person that wants to to get huge and massively strong and, and all that. It's just, you know, you can have online coaching or, or any type of coaching just to make yourself into a better you. you yeah. Know? You don't have to, you don't have to be the strongest somebody, in the gym. Even if somebody who, better myself. who was stuck at 415 on the bench and wants to go to 450. I've had guys like that too. Yep. You know, all types. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. What, um, let's see, what else did we want to talk about regarding this? Um, now, okay, so you talked about international clients. So I, I know that, at least Marty anyway, because you've, you've told me about it, you're training people from all over the world, all over the country. Um, and for both of you, when your guys deploy, you're talking to them, different parts of the world and all that. So, Really, there's no place out of reach, is there? No, you're, no, that's you're the always of it. you're always able to coach these guys. You know, you got to work out the times and everything. But uh, with today's technology, man, you can almost not miss a beat. 
No, I've had Afghanistan and Africa, and so has Marty. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Afghanistan yeah. was always 4 o'clock for me. <laughs> Afghanistan? In the afternoon, yeah. That was 4 o'clock in the afternoon. That was right before the boys took off on their night missions. Uh, okay. They okay. call me. <laughs> Marty, we're going out, buddy. Yeah, they were bored. That, that was the time that I get the song. We talked for an hour and a half. Yeah, that's great, man. Uh, they, they're hardcore trainers. I mean, they love... They love the stress relief that comes from hardcore lifting, the big lifts. It is unapproached by anything else. You can do cardio all day long. It's not the same thing. Yeah, no question. So that's what, that's what, is, what they got out of it. Stress relief. What is the youngest client that you guys will work with? Depends how much money they have. <laughs> High school. <laughs> Well, I mean, do you guys think now as a business owner myself, I, you know, in today's age, uh, you have to think of liability and stuff like that. So I would, my natural instinct would be to say, well, 18 and older. Well, if I got a high school football kid and it's his father who's emailing me, um, that's, you know, that's different. If the kid did it himself, yeah, I would say, well, sure, man, you know, let me just talk to your father first. or your I, got a, I got a better question. Yeah. What age would you start your son, Jim? Uh, seven. Yep. Like what you have him do? I would have him do body weight stuff. I'd have him have a lot of fun while he's doing it. I'd yep. have chin ups and dips and you wrestle the hell out of him. Yep. And push ups and throw some stuff over yep. his head and who can leap the highest? Who can run the fastest? That's right. Can yes. you do a cartwheel? Bet you can't do one. Bet well, I'm training seven-year-olds now. I'm training yeah. a bunch of seven, seven yeah. to sixteen-year-olds, and they're lucky seven to sixteen-year-olds. They are. I wish they knew that. <laughs> now, now that's interesting. Now, you guys are doing all that. Well, Jim, you're doing this in person. I think you're doing this at a baseball camp or something, yes. right? Yep, all out baseball. But it, now, if if say uh, you know somebody's father or mother called in and said, "Look, I've got this." eight or nine year old i want want you to get on and and give him a program you know um you know all the stuff you were just talking about all the the different exercises that we don't do so much anymore because of the computer age and we all used to come home from school and play outside and but we don't do that anymore so a lot of times these kids need uh some guidance and additional motivation and stuff like that so yeah. I would write. I would write a program for him. Then I just. I just write it for him, and then say, "Hey, listen. If you can, you send me just some stuff of him running or whatever. Just so I can look at his gait and how he's okay. moving." I would. Yeah, the kid's got to. The kid's got to be into it, though. Yeah, I wouldn't do a week to week thing. I would just. You know what I mean? This can't be the parents' deal. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be that the kid is like, man, I want to get better. Now that's yeah. the way I was when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we all were. Us three. But that's, that's the kind everything. of yeah, motivation is everything with this to to get it to work because now there I would imagine that there's some people that that call you and you know they inquire about training and you just don't feel it you don't feel like they're motivated or whatever you just say no I'm sorry I don't think I can help you or how's that go yeah click <laughs> in my case it'll that's be once I explain to them. The accountability and all that stuff. And I just don't you, hear back. I, and then I don't you hear back. click. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just don't. I just don't get that email back. You know. Um, but if, if they've usually if they've taken the step to really email and say that they're just tired of being sick and tired, you know, then 
usually that's sort of the motivation with a lot of them and, and they'll stick it out. It's, it's, you know, just to make that email and sort of lay yourself out there and admit to yourself that it's, you know, time to get some help mm. or whatever. Um, they, they're usually sticking to it. I need help. You do, do need help. Not in training. Guys, um, <laughs> how do you guys work the payments now? They send you a check in money. advance or what do they do? Lots of money. Yeah, it changes. Like I have people do eight weeks, 12 weeks, four weeks, <laughs> and all that changes. They pay all that in advance, or how does it work? Oh, yeah, God. yeah, you just pay in advance. Yeah. Come on, man. It's not well, very Marty, much. This is the business side of things. No, man, I well, it's it's pretty. It changes, but it's usually my clients start off by paying me a fee, and then every four weeks they pay me. I don't even keep track, man. They just I, it's on the honor system. They just pay me, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are good with that. So, um, well, I mean. So both of you currently have some some spots open that you can oh, bring some people in, sure. Right. So to get a hold of you guys for uh, for training inquiries, just go ahead and email Marty at marty at ironcompany dot com and yes. Jim at jim at ironcompany dot com, and uh, and then you guys can go for it and discuss it and and see if uh, see if you guys are a, a match and um, you know bring, you've, bring, you know, bring your motivation and situation so, yeah I mean not every situation is going to be and I can't work on them. it's it's not going to mesh you know that but, ain't going to work Thank but you. I think you've the, yes. the point of today's podcast was to kind of uh, help everybody understand if you are thinking about this well, this is kind of how it goes, uh, you know, the kind of personalities and uh, people they're looking and for. And we never fail to get gains. It's the system works. Of that, there is no doubt. The only doubt in the entire system is the adherence and application of the client. I'm you, sorry. Everybody, you know, everybody that uses what we do gets results. Now, that's, that's the whole game. Can you, will you adhere? Up to you. Well, I just want to say something about that too. Now, I didn't have coaches and trainers growing up. I started when I was about uh, 14, 15, and I didn't have the guidance. And I can tell you, you know, I would read everything I could, Muscle and Fitness. And this was, Marty, probably when you were writing for Muscle and yeah, Fitness. Yeah, I read it. It was all and wise. So I would read all that, but I, I can tell you I wasted probably years doing yes. things that I shouldn't have been doing. We were trying to screw kids up. And with all your weeder principles. <laughs> I wrote some of those. I wrote some of those. Go go to the drinking fountain and get a drink. Weeder principle number 22. Um, so I can tell you from from a time standpoint and a you know time-wasting standpoint, to hire these guys that are responsible for coaching – uh, world record holders, uh, their record holders themselves for teaching, you know, and coaching uh, some of the, the the best elite spec ops in the world. This is the stuff that works. It's proven. There's no guessing. There's no, uh, you know, wondering whatever. These guys produce results. So, I mean, if you're serious, you're motivated. Get in, get in touch. Get in touch yeah. with these guys. Hey, we're gonna do bucks. Oh yes, what are we doing? Oh, you want to talk about books? Not well, now. I thought we had to do we last. I thought you know the two books. Yeah, I forgot you. You got a request for 
to talk about books, right? Current Wait, are books we going to talk about online training? All right. What's up? I'm good with online training. You guys got anything else? Oh, I, I didn't. That, that's pretty okay, much good. it. All right. Nonfiction. Tears in the Darkness. Nonfiction. But, but wait a minute. No, Set no, it I don't up. read any nonfiction. What, what is this? Fi- nonfiction and a well, fiction. Well, wait a minute. I do too. That's not All right. True. I'm doing nonfiction and a fiction. But but yeah. this is what you're currently reading? Recommended books. Okay. No, not recommended. There's okay. Currently There's thousands. How about what you're currently reading? Just okay. what are you reading now? I'm reading Point. Why? Oh, it's a it's a Marine officer. Point. Wilderness War in Vietnam. Okay. Well, what's the era? 65 70 70 70. okay he was in the stuff too and then uh fiction i'm reading the line that held us by david joy which is uh he lives up in appalachia and and, uh just just being around there a bunch when i was in college he he captures the dialogue and uh the essence of of the people up there um fantastic fantastically so i recommend that book highly give me a copy I will, man. Of course. I read that. You know that. Oh, I got a James Dickey book to send you. Yeah, he was good. You know, he drank when he wrote. That was his thing. Join the club. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. You're carrying on the James Dickey. I thought you're supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm more what about you? From, what about you? Uh, more from a writer with a drinking habit to a drinker with a writing habit. <laughs> That's old. Uh, what am I reading currently? I'm rereading for about the fourth time William Manchester's uh, book about medieval times where for 900 years nothing changed. Right. This is after the fall of the Roman Empire in approximately 400. <clears throat> and it went on all the way really into the 1600s certainly the late 1500s and just people no one walked more than 10 miles or 15 miles from where they were born they had their tribe that was it that's it that's all they had and just nothing changed and the the power players kept it that way there was no church everything written was in latin yeah right i mean they had it all locked up and and there was a lot of uh Anyway, so anyway, that's what I'm reading in uh, nonfiction. And I just finished a great Stalingrad book, giant 800-page, day-by-day, blow-by-blow, the <laughs> Battle of Stalingrad. So I had just waded through that. So this is actually light reading compared to that. Uh, fiction, what am I reading? Well... Actually, I had pulled down Tolstoy and was rereading uh, Haji Mudad, which is uh, actually Harold Bloom said that was his favorite short story of all time. It's good. It's not my favorite of all time. I actually like the Cossacks better, but Haji Mudad by Tolstoy. Tolstoy was a great short story writer. Everybody thinks of him as a novelist. A well-lighted place, my favorite short story. Yeah, that was actually from his uh, uh, well lighted play. That's a, like a Hemingway kind of sounding thing. That's yeah, Hemingway, yeah. Okay, I thought so. Yeah. He, he would say that lighted. Hey, so I sent Marty I would a say book. Lit, well lit place. That's what I thought. Well lit place. I, I, said, said, I sent Marty a book by a great short story. 
by Donald Ray Pollock, who I actually met in person and everything. <laughs> and uh, the problem is, if you if <laughs> every story is depressing, they're <laughs> Marty was like, I couldn't finish that effing thing. <laughs> Like killing myself. <laughs> it was like, well, after the child got run over by the semi <laughs> that caught on fire at the meth lab, and then Junior had the heart attack on the deck with the oxyod, and then Grandma, yeah. Grandma murdered Grandpa, and that was like one story, right? And then the yeah. next one was like, oh, we were at the driving when the fight broke out. Oh, that's a good one, though. That's my favorite. <laughs> That's my favorite. My father beat a man to, to death, and then we burned rubber out of there, and it was for it was real. And I'm scarred for life, and this is my book. Yeah. <laughs> In his 409, his 63 409, and he ran over a pedestrian. Well, as we exited. <laughs> See what I got to put up with. <laughs> JP, you reading anything besides work stuff? Well, I'm I'm reading an American classic, and it's something I believe to be a, a nonfiction book. It's called The Purposeful Primitive. Oh, that's yeah, the first that's a time one. reading it. No, you know what? I Marty sent me one years ago, and I picked through it once in a while. And it's just <laughs> it's just interesting to keep going back and forth, you know, and to learn. You know, Kirk's in there, and and um, Dorian's in there, and Cone's in there, and and um, it's got a, a lot of cool historical stuff about, you know, the, the, the pioneers of of powerlifting and how everything kind of evolved. And different I, got, I, got, I, got two, I got two great compliments recently on it. One from our master chief spec ops friend who said, yeah, that's the only book I ever read twice in my life. Yeah, I was like, yeah, thank you very much. Well, the power profiles part is really good, man. I mean, the rest of it's good, but I'm just saying that's just like I've read yeah. those over and over again. I actually bought them separately from Dragon Door when it first came out. Well, it's, don't forget the essays at the beginning and at the end. I know they're words. Man. They're not pictures. It's real good, man. Real well, good. The mind, the mind stuff. Yeah. Well, you have a lot of historical pictures in here, really cool ones that you won't find anywhere else, too. So I don't know. I like you found all I, I my wife and I designed that whole book. That's all right. John Perillo is in here. Yeah, John at one end of the spectrum. Ori Hoffmeckler, who invented the warrior diet, he was the one time a day eat guy, and then yeah. Perillo was six time a day eat guy. So it was like perfect. Those are the two extremes. Ori doesn't eat meat anymore. Yeah, Ori's yeah, Ori's my friend. We got along great. We did a radio show together for two years. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was great. Oh, man, he talked. But it, oh, my God. Uh, I, I, I was his Doc Severinsen. Was he a Special Forces guy in Israel, or was that? Ah, uh, the side or Special Forces. It's all very fuzzy, but yeah, yeah. something was going on there. It's so very handy with, with his bare hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But he, he, he was a serious guy. He had a, he was a serious athlete. He had a serious approach. Well, it hits the painting on your book. Uh, yeah, he did that. He, 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 was a, he was an internationally famed cartoon, political cartoonist who lost right? his eyesight mm. in one eye. And he could, because he would, apparently he would tilt toward the picture as he drew. And that eye burnt out. No way. And he couldn't draw anymore. So that's when he got into fitness 
And he ended up as Bob Guccione's fitness guy back when the magazines were big. Mm. Oh, yeah. He lived at the headquarters up there in New York. They had some big 20, 50 room mansion, right, in Manhattan. And he lived there. He married he married the lady who I believe was the the cook. I think she was a chef. Really? Yeah, that was wild. Uh, but you know, he was a serious guy. Uh, his, his his training was was crazy. He'd do stuff like uh, you'd take a, a pair of uh, five pound dumbbells and uh, do overhead presses with them for thirty minutes while you rode backwards on a <laughs> bike, <laughs> right? And he's like, no one can hang. stay up with me, Marty. And I said, yeah, I guess not, man. No one, no one wants to. That looks horrible. No one can keep it's up with you. you. It's all you. Yes. It'd be like, you know what it's like? It would be like me handing off 400 pounds to him. Right. Yeah, yeah lay down on the bench. Or yeah. here you go. Yeah. And just give him 400 pounds and let it go. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's what he was doing. And no one can, of course, no one can keep up with you. No one does this. Right. Or wants to. Or wants to. Oh, man, he had a whole strategy. I said, man, I said, that would be tough with no weight. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anything what else? Are, what are we talking about? Books. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So let's, uh, for anybody that wants to get a copy of Purpose of oh. Primitive. Or Strong Medicine. They go to ironcompany.com and just punch that into the search field and it'll come right up. Uh, also, check out Marty's weekly column and podcast, Raw with Marty Gallagher at Iron Company. Just go to the top of the website, click on articles and podcasts, and you can find uh, Marty's articles there. And you can also find Jim Steele's articles in there. Um, he's got, uh, he does uh, monthly articles for us. Um, what's the next one on Jim? We're doing something about dumbbell, dumbbell train. train. No, put some kettlebell stuff in there also. Yeah, and your yeah. last, your last killing article. Any, killing it's not. It's coming up. It's oh, uh, when? not till December. All right. Well, save me one when you do. Duck, but, wait. I'll pull start, the feathers out first. Duck starts the sixteenth of this month. <laughs> I just got two kayaks. Well, had, once, once before, they handed me a. A duck with feathers. I said, I can't do nothing with no, that. No, I'll man. breast it out. You want the whole duck or just the breast? No, I want the whole thing. All right, you got the whole duck. Yeah. If no, you I hang don't. out, you'll get the best crispy duck you've had. I believe it. I promise you. Okay, Ooh. JP. Yeah. Great, great note to end on. All crispy right. Duck. Crispy and duck. Then, uh, and then, Jim, we just posted an article a few weeks ago. It's actually on online coaching, so... People can read about that. And Marty's got one. If you look back in our archives, it's about personal, it's called personal training uh, that, that covers a lot of this stuff too. So again, if you want to contact these guys for online coaching and make some serious gains, whether it be strength, muscle, you want to greatly reduce body fat, uh, email Marty at Marty at ironcompany.com or Jim at Jim at ironcompany.com. And don't forget the flooring. The, the gym flooring? And all yeah, your yes, well, yes, yes. Well, thank you. I almost forgot. If uh, if anybody's in need of gym flooring, you know, rolled rubber, mats, puzzle tiles, all that stuff, we've got uh, everything you need. And, and we've uh, we've supplied, you know, uh, 
a lot of commercial gyms like uh, you know Golds and 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 powerhouses and all this with uh, not no not only gym uh, flooring but uh, strength equipment and and cardio and different things like that. So any equipment that you might need for your commercial gym or your garage gym or your training studio, just go to ironcompany.com. We'll be glad to help you out. And then check out uh, Jim's website, bassbarbell.com. He's got a lot of uh, training articles, life articles, just all kinds of interesting stuff. Jim's a very interesting guy. Oh, God, yes. (laughs) In a good so way. we'll, we'll you, end it there before we get started on ducks half again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. All right, thanks. See, See you. you. Bye. Be the same, yeah.